Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 54. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? I'm doing great, John. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. Hey, um, astute listeners may have noticed that we tweaked this week's intro a little bit, and I just wanted to quickly address that. Um, for over a year, as we've been doing this podcast, we've uh, been introducing ourselves as VMware solution engineers, VMware systems engineers. Um, just over three weeks ago, I gave notice at VMware, and uh, my last day um, is uh, Friday, October 4th, which when this goes out will be in the past. For us, as we're sitting here, it's uh, two days from now. Um, I'm leaving on good terms, or I will have left on good terms. I'm bullish on the company's solution portfolio, uh, the future direction. Um, I just had a couple things going on in my life that had me evaluating my future. I went back and listened to our episodes that touched on burnout. I read some uh, blogs from people um, that I uh, trusted and respected on uh, burnout in roles. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that, you know, it was something that I didn't go through again. I, I thought about the times that, you know, I've gone through burnout and I was like, you know, I just need to make a change before that happens this time. Um, I'm not quite ready to talk about next steps yet. Um, but if you've followed along um, in our career journey uh, discussions, hopefully you've got an idea on the work that I've been doing to uh, prepare myself for next steps. Um, and ironically, coincidentally, um, we've been talking about how to pursue opportunities when you voluntarily make a change, or you've been terminated, or you've been approached by a recruiter You know, in a situation you weren't looking for something. So uh, Nick, should we dive back into the topic? Absolutely. All I'll tell you listeners is expect the unexpected. <laughs> right, right. So today's topic is part two of preparing for unexpected career opportunities. Um, again, we kind of outlined, you know, there's three different ways that this can happen. Obviously, um, you can be terminated, which is, you know, something that we kind of never expect and hope never happens. But, you know, the reality is that it does happen. Uh, you can uh, have something that goes on in your life like me that makes you go, hey, um, I need to personally make a change. And, and sometimes uh, people just reach out to you out of the blue with kind of an unsolicited proposal to apply for a job uh, somewhere else. So um, with that in mind, in part one, we talked about, you know, that kind of structure, the things that can happen, and, you know, what leads up to initial contact, either you initi initiating contact or um, somebody else, you know, reaching out to you. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, the structure we're going to be talking about after initial contact, um, you know, steps to take there, both for unsolicited and voluntary situations. Um, and then, you know, focus a little bit in on the involuntary 
situation, you know, the, the, the situations that are unique to that. Um, so um, let's dive into it, Nick. Uh, after initial contact, um, this is if you are, you know, kind of being uh, contacted, you know, in an unsolicited way, uh, how do you handle that? Um, and then a little bit later, we'll talk about, you know, the, the things to do if you're both um, in an unsolicited or voluntary situation where you reach out to the to the recruiter. And then again, a little bit later, we'll talk about, you know, if you've been terminated and you're just scrambling um, some unique challenges for that. But let's talk about that kind of unsolicited uh, methodology right now. So we're assuming that you're going to decide to respond to unsolicited contact and that's the context we're approaching, right? Yeah. And, and maybe we should set the table too. Like one of the reasons that we're talking about this is that, um, I think, you know, the reality is, you know, maybe a generation ago, people could kind of expect to get a job and then be with that company in that position for most of their careers, you know, um, maybe as they became, you know, extremely senior, get uh, headhunted away. Uh, but um, in today's job market and in today's society, that hardly ever happens. Um, companies, you know, transition, they're getting acquired, um, they're acquiring other companies, you know, those headcount reductions, um, entire industries are getting disrupted. So, you know, again, what, that kind of goes to this entire idea of why you want to be ready um, because you might have a great job at a great company and that might just not last forever. Like what's great about it might change and your job might change in ways that are, you're unhappy with. So um, let's talk about, you know, with that context in mind, you know, if, if somebody's reached out to you, um, if you're just not interested, you take a look at it, you're, you're in no, way um, interested in, in in applying for this job, um, how do you maybe just communicate that to the recruiter? <laughs> um, I just kind of say, I have a script uh, that I almost copy paste at this point. You know, I just say, hey, it doesn't look like a match for my interests and maybe even my skill set, you know, depending on, on the role. Um, and I'll keep an eye out. If, uh, you know, somebody, you know, pops into my mind or if I talk to somebody who would be a better fit than I, um, and I'll, I'll tell them about it, but, you know, thanks for reaching out to me. I'm pretty happy where I am right now. You know, that's, that's kind of my set script. So if you, um, want to borrow that and put it in your own words, please feel free. Um, I generally do respond to every recruiter because, you never know when you want to go back and talk to them all about, um, uh, you know, any of the positions that they might have had. For example, in my situation where I decided, hey, you know, I need to make a change, um, gave notice, and then you know I want to go back and talk to all those recruiters and say, you know, maybe take a look at all those uh, uh, notes and see if there's anything interesting back there. So uh, that's that's the idea. Yeah, that's good. I usually say something along those lines. Hey, I'm happy where I am, not really looking for anything new, but I appreciate you thinking of me and taking the time. You know, if I, if anyone that would fit this role comes to mind, I'll definitely let you know. 
And, you know, if you want to take either one of those scripts that John and I just spouted out and make yourself a, a LinkedIn response bot, go for it. But please post the code on GitHub so that we can steal that and share it with other people. <laughs> yeah, I I think I usually say it doesn't. Let me give you my reasoning for why I say it, it doesn't match my skills um, and my interests, because sometimes, you know, I have no idea who's a good recruiter and who's a bad recruiter. Right. But I think I'm always, you know, I have this like fear of missing out. Right. If, you know, super recruiter who, you know, knows everybody and everything that's going on reaches out to me with something that just doesn't quite fit. And I at least let them know, hey, you know, that's not interesting to me, you know, and I'm not really looking, then maybe their response is, you know, now that I've looked at you, you know, first of all, you're one of the few people who actually responds with a polite no, um, which, you know, speaks to your professionalism. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your uh, LinkedIn profile and I'm wondering, well, what are you interested in? You know, because I know a lot of different companies and, you know, in a great position to connect you with, you know, an industry or a group of companies that you might not know about. So, um, you know, I, I'm interested in um, having that feedback, right? Uh, that does happen, like maybe once out of every 20 times. And, and I let them know what my background is and the types of companies that I might be interested in. But, you know, usually, you know, I'm pretty stringent, right? I'm saying, these are the things that I'm happy with at VMware and, you know, the stability, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, going to maybe a startup isn't that interesting because of the instability or maybe going to this other company who's only in uh, Nebraska isn't interesting because I'd have to leave the Bay area or whatever. Right. So, you know, giving them my criteria, which is again, pretty stringent because I was pretty happy, you know, is, helps them to understand, you know, what opportunities that if they come across, they could think of me again. So anyway, that's my thinking. Does that make sense to you? I think that's great. Telling them what your interests are, you know, why it doesn't interest you. That's a, that's a fair ask fair point. You know, I think if I was a recruiter, that's something that would at least help me because, you know, depending on how I'm being metriced, I, I might need to pull from the same pool of people in the future. And one other thing, you know, in the previous episode, we talked about the private mode for maybe not letting the world know every time you update LinkedIn. And if you have a bunch of recruiters sending you connection requests and you're accepting them and the world sees that, I mean, that could create some, you know, maybe some red flags in people's minds. Hmm, why are they connecting to all these recruiters? And... <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, I just generally say yes, as long as it's not like a, a spammer. So, um, you know, hopefully nobody's paying attention, but I mean, it's a you know fair point. And to be clear, I don't respond back to every single um, unsolicited, uh, you know, contact with, the things that I'm happy about at VMware and what it would take for me to move. I only do that if the recruiter responds back to my polite no with, oh, you know, maybe this was a mismatch. What would it take for you to move? Like, what are you interested in? What would be a good match? Um, you know, that's just, uh, again, I'm leaving the door open for them to do that. Um, so a lot of them don't because it's a volume business, you know, but if they're a boutique shop, 
and they're looking for a particular type of person and I fit their profile of people who, you know, they'd like to represent, then, then maybe, you know, that would make sense. Um, and, and ideally, again, you know, I'm, I'm just pretty happy where I was. So there's no, you know, real incentive for me to, you know, really reach out and make, you know, tons and tons of contact with recruiters. It's just, you know, kind of polite and leaving the door open. And then, you know, again, when I decided to make a move, um, you know, I did have the ability to like go back through the history of the recruiters who did respond back to me, who did have the ability, you know, the interest in knowing, you know, what I was about and who said they might be able to help me, you know, whenever in the future I might be able to make a move or might want to make a move and, and talk to those people. So that's just, I mean, it worked out, you know, for me personally in this case, because, you know, I had that resource to, to fall back on. So question, John, mm -hmm. are you saying that not looking is an advantage when you're talking to a recruiter? Um, I think so. Right. It, it, any bargaining is always, if you're in a position of power in a bargaining situation, then by definition, that's better. Right. So someone says, Hey, I have an exciting new job for you. And your response is, I don't want a new job. I'm extremely happy with the job that I want. So unless you have something like really interesting, I actually don't want to hear about it. That's a much more powerful position to start from than, oh, I need a job. Um, you know, I, I can't let my my uh, my work gap grow any any longer. Like, you know, um, I've just been laid off and, and now I'm scrambling, right? So that's a, a much less powerful position. Um, so yeah, it, it is better to not want the job. You know, that's the best time to look for a job and it's the best time to, uh, to, you know, evaluate other offers from a position of power. So I, I don't know. That's just my position. Um, do you have a, a different take on that or does that, um, jive with what you're thinking? No, I think that, I think that jives. Uh, I, I haven't actually been in the spot where they come back and ask, oh, well, what are you interested in? I don't, can't really think of a time where that happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's cool. Yeah. So let's call out a couple things that recruiters might say to hook you and get you interested in um, talking to them. Um, and I'll just talk about the the times that, you know, my personal experience, I've responded to recruiters to have like an initial screening call. If there's like some kind of mismatch, not the traditional mismatch, like, oh, this is an industry that I don't have any experience in or don't have any skills in. You know, I've responded when they have like a position that is the same, you know, same or similar or adjacent industry but the level of position that they're looking for seems like wildly out of step with what I currently have, right? So I have um, an individual contributor position and they're looking for like a director of systems engineering, right? Pre-sales technical people. And I'm like, director, that's two steps above where I'm at, you know, hiring um, managers of systems engineers. Like what is it in my resume that made you think that I was qualified to do that. Um, I'm fascinated to know. So, 
you know, I did respond to something like, like they had like two positions. One was like, you know, another one was like a technical marketing management, right? So not a technical marketing, like individual contributor, but a team manager for technical marketing. So again, that's not a job that I've done, you know, possibly I'd be interested in doing it in the future, um, in the right circumstances. But, you know, again, what is it in my LinkedIn profile that makes them think like, oh, he would be perfect for this director position or this managerial position, right? So I responded and, you know, the long and the short of it in 15 minutes was, yeah, you're right. This year, I don't know why we would have reached out to you. <laughs> like, you know, they're <laughs> definitely looking for people who have been people managers before. Sorry to have bothered you. Right. So I, I got some information there, right. Which was yeah. this recruiter has terrible, terrible search skills. So absolutely. Not but if they follow the podcast, John, I mean, they could say, well, I mean, you've made podcasts about how to have a one-on-one -on -one with your manager and how to have a career conversation with your manager. You might as well be a manager. And oh yeah, you have experience. You own the John Wine School of Mentoring. You're the guy who started it. So why wouldn't you be a good manager? By the way, if you want to get into the John Wine School of Mentoring, send that tweet out to at Nerd Journey today for pricing and packaging. Whether you're a recruiter or anyone else, we will get you some of John's time. Yeah. Um there is a, a fairly pricey course on how to send better uh, unsolicited uh, recruiting messages. But, um, um, you know, like I said, uh, that pricing and packaging is proprietary for recruiters, but, you know, we'd be happy to sign you up for that. Of course. So um, another situation where I responded was one where the recruiter said, hey, uh, I noticed like on LinkedIn that you actually are set up for not interested in positions. Um, I was wondering, you know, I represent this great company. I was wondering if there are maybe three things that you can think of that would cause you to actually rethink that and maybe accept an offer or, or pursue an opportunity somewhere else, um, specifically with my company. And that was intriguing, right? Like I call that, that's an interest A very, first of all, it's a sales technique, right? Because you're, when you ask a question, it's very, very difficult for the person to not evaluate the question and start thinking about, um, you know, things that you know would answer that question. Um, so, if I asked a question on this podcast, like, um, which people that you work with do you think would be best served by also listening to the Nerd Journey podcast? It's All of them. <laughs> it's very, it's very difficult to not start thinking about coworkers or people that you know from networking who would you know also benefit from this podcast. So that's the same technique, right? So you know, I I took note of that and I went, oh, I should do that more often. <laughs> um, you know, and it's an interesting tactic to use that you know um, I should keep in my back pocket for appropriate situations. But but that was another interesting one. And then the third one was one that was actually within my industry. Um, you know, it was like, a, I think a peripherally um, associated, you know, partner to, uh, to VMware. And they just said all the right things like, hey, we're, you know, really interested in people with VMware expertise, you know, you know, it looks like you're 
senior in the organization. We're looking to add people who are senior for kind of in our push for like um, in the, our run up to IPO. So we're a startup and we expect to exit in the next 18 months. Um, you know, kind of all of the um, Silicon Valley uh, trigger words, right? So um, that, you know, so I talked to them and, uh, you know, had an initial discussion there just to explore that. But um, those are those are the ways that, you know, kind of, you can kind of see my thinking there, right? Being, you know, just extremely puzzled about their mismatch. Like, are they seeing something in my LinkedIn that I'm not seeing? <laughs> like this incredible potential that I'm like undervaluing myself and should I be pursuing like director level opportunities because of something that I've done? Um, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, being just being intrigued by, you know, them forcing me to think about what it would take for me to think about moving. And then somebody who, you know, was associated, you know, that that actually was a good match. Um, ended up not being that interesting as I moved forward with it. And I, you know, terminated that conversation. But, um, you know, that initial, uh, initial contact was a good contact. So those are kinds of the the scenarios that I can see, you know, where you would follow up or would respond positively. And I'm sure that there are different ones for, you know, every person in every situation that there that you might be in. That's, uh, you know, slightly different from my situation. So, um, but, you know, it's probably variations on a the theme, right? So I think um, you should think about let's, you know, that evaluation process you kind of need to do that on your own because the evaluations that you're making are different from evaluations that I would make and they're different from evaluations that Nick would make, right? So there's things in the opportunity, you know, that maybe they're saying that are, are really important to you. So that's why we advocated um, in the previous episode in part one that you would want to think about those things, like the things that would... Um, make you, you know, the things that you would want in an ideal job situation. Um, and maybe, you know, in these opportunities, you're going to come across something that is a little bit better. Um, you know, examples like, what if you're looking to do more travel or less travel, if you have to do a lot of travel, and an opportunity comes along, that's a, you know, a reasonable match and features a lot less travel. Um, what if you're looking to leave the industry that you're in, uh, and an opportunity comes across your desk where you have, you know, it's all the associated skills that you've built up, but it's a completely different industry. Um, you know, then it might be a little bit more intriguing that all of these, you know, examples and possibilities are things that are personal to you. So you need to go through the process of thinking about what is important, what isn't important, like the things that, you know, you would change, you know, if you had the power and a magic wand, right? So, um, you know, within reason, obviously, and and maybe you know, maybe you should think of some unreasonable things. But um, uh, you know, you never know what's possible, you know, um, until you think about it, and then somebody else says, "Hey, we're really interested in talking to you." So then you can evaluate it, you know, via the things that you've thought about, the things that you like, and the things that you'd like to change. And maybe it's uh, a list of five things, the five things you like the best about where you are and what you do, the five things you like the least, and maybe five things that are just 
you think they're almost dream worthy, like kind of just outside your reach. Right. You'd like to do them, but not sure you can. Yeah. That's, that's a really good structure for, for having, um, doing evaluation. And, you know, I think that each person probably needs to do their own. If it's five things or three things, or, you know, what are my stretch goals? Um, you know, like, you know, another example, my wife and I, you know, we, we live in Silicon Valley. One of our stretch goals is, is buying a house and being able to afford to be homeowners. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm going to be doing as I, you know, evaluate new op- opportunities is, you know, is that something that could help us get to that stretch goal? You know, but um, that's, you know, again, very personal to me. So if you are already a homeowner or don't care about that, and, you know, maybe something that's important to you is just literally like moving every nine months uh, or not staying in one place, then, you know, that would, it would make no sense for you to evaluate, you know, positions by my criteria, right? So, you know, it would be nice if we could just give you a list of criteria, but you're going to have to come up with some of those on your own. So let's, let's move forward a little bit. Um, do you tell your current boss that you've been uh, contacted by recruiters? Uh, Nick, have you ever done that? Mm. <laughs> Only when I was resigning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure there's a great advantage to that if you just got a contact. Yeah, I think I don't really know what advantage there is. You know, I I think I've mentioned to my manager that, you know, well, first of all, as VMware SEs, you know, me being in the Valley, somebody reaches out to me at least once a week, right? Now, it might not be a great match, but it happens once a week. So there's no... You know, sometimes it's, it's more annoying than anything else, right? So, you know, that's the kind of uh, context that, you know, I'm operating in. So I'm not going to tell my manager every time, like, you know, a recruiter reaches out to me. I mean, as you say, like, what what's the what's the advantage? Um, by the way, if you're specifically, like, unhappy about some things at your, at your current position, um, you should be communicating that. Um, and, and talking about an improved work environment, you know, um, with your manager in your one-on-ones, you know, on a regular basis. Um, and that's exactly the kind of thing that like, you know, you have the opportunity to do. Um, and if you don't have that opportunity, then it's a big problem because, you know, maybe it's a reason why you should be looking around. Um, if you absolutely (laughs) have to change, uh, you know, there's you know, things going on at your work environment in your personal life that, you know, make you want to pursue this opportunity, you know, to its completion, there's there's really no advantage to warning your employer ahead of time, right? Um, you know, I think it's polite to give a heads up, like after you have an offer and after you've signed something, you know, give them uh, two weeks notice. But, you know, the idea that you're going through a job search and you talk to your employer about that, I mean, no advantage, no advantage at all that, that I can see. Um, yeah. I'm going to take a slightly different viewpoint here, John. I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you speak with a recruiter about what this new role is, what it entails, what the responsibilities are, let's say, let's say you find out more and you go, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. 
maybe it's really close to what you do now, but slightly different, or maybe it's really different from what you do now. That's information you can take and use and, and think about it. You know, you can look at internal openings at your company. Is there something that matches this? Cause that sounds like something I'd really like to do. You could talk to your manager and hint at, you know, maybe slightly changing what you want to do or, or a goal is to move into this area. That's, that's information for you about what's out there in the sphere of possibilities that you could be doing at company XYZ. It doesn't have to be the company that you talk to the recruiter about. Yeah, I really like that point. You know, the idea that you've been exposed, you know, via recruiter to a different type of role and maybe your thoughts about your career have expanded. Well, you know, hopefully you have enough of a um, relationship with your manager to say, hey, you know, I actually have like an interesting idea for medium term career goal. And that is to move from what I have now, you know, and work towards maybe getting, you know, this type of role that I've heard about at other organizations. Do you think that's realistic? Is that something that you think that I could, you know, gain the qualifications for, you know, obviously while executing at a high level in my current job? Um, and if, again, if you have a good manager, your manager is going to, you know, be honest with you. Like nobody likes to like lose great people, but hopefully managers are, you know, judging themselves by how well their employees, you know, progress and to the point of progressing out of their, you know, current position because they just become, you know, so good. Right. Yeah. And if you're doing a good job and you're a good employee, just like you said, are there some projects I could take on that would help prepare me to do this thing that sounds really interesting? Oh, I understand, you know, the company can't provide it to me at this moment, but maybe you can help me get there still someday, whether it's here and you think it's a possibility in the future, or, you know, maybe it's truly elsewhere. I think it was John Hildebrand who basically had his manager tell him that he, he should have moved on anyway, right. that it was time. He was more excited about something else than what he was doing. Yeah, really good point. Really good point. Hopefully you have a manager that's kind and honest enough to share those things with you. Right. And if you don't, then that's yet another sign that you should be moving to a situation where you have a manager like that, right? So different org inside your company or at a different company that has that type of management culture. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think we've been a little bit long winded. Um, that's it for that segment. Um, the things that we had planned uh, are running a little bit long. Anything else popped in your mind while we were talking? No, I think the long windedness was more John than me, but hey, I'll let you be the judge since you're the listener. Just a reminder that we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at nerd journey. Farewell listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at V Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore. Signing off. Adios to be continued.